today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. The good thing was that it wasn't that much of a foreign concept to the players that I might coach. Uh, my boss, my one of his goals, my fourth year at Sciences, uh, we had talked about about this time last year. He said, like, I got to do everything. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you're prepared to be a coach. Like, I'm going to intentionally miss some practices and you're going to run them. Um, you know, I actually I got elevated to being a top assistant in my fourth year. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them. What makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the offseason. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Uh, Before we get to our guest today, I got to give a a quick shout out to our partners at Dr. Dish. If you're in the market for a new shooting machine, equipment to help you or your your players get better, go visit Dr. Dish. Right now, mention Rising Coaches, get $300 off. Also got to give a shout out to my man, Mendel Mitty. Hooked me up with the uh, the t-shirt. So big shout out to Mendel. Uh, Today, we're joined... By Jordan Ingram, head coach at Overbrook High School uh, in Philadelphia. A lot going on in Philadelphia right now, Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keep West Philly in, in your hearts. Um, you know, um, a lot of those stuff's going on. I was just talking with my coworkers about it. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, like it's not not the greatest look on the city, but we got a lot of great things going on, especially in West Philadelphia. Um, that was one of the reasons why I'm happy to be. Um, taking a job at Overbrook High School. Um, I grew up in West Philly. That was my neighborhood high school. I didn't play there, but I mean, I have a strong affinity for it. It's the home of Will Chamberlain and uh, Will Smith. They went to high school there. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So are there like, uh, is there a lot of Will memorabilia 
in the gym? Um, a little bit. Um, so I mean, like, well, like a little bit. You have like Will posters, and you know, you have like Will Smith stuff around the around the school. Like Will Smith named his production company Overbrook Productions because he went to Overbrook High School. Wow, that's awesome! Fun fact, right there. Um, well, Jordan, uh, obviously, you just mentioned that you're from Philly. Um, tell us, you know, kind of your background, uh, how you got into basketball. I know you were a good player. Tell us a little bit about your playing career and how that led you into coaching. No problem. Um, like I said, I'm from Philly. I'm from the Winfield section of West Philadelphia. So um, I grew up basically around the corner from St. Joe's University. Um, so I grew up in the shadow of the Big Five throughout my career. Um, and as you probably might know, basketball is huge in Philly. It's very uh is a very competitive. Um, it's a small. It's very. It's very small. Like everybody knows one another. Um, you know, growing up, um, you know, I grew up in a basketball family. Um, my brother played college basketball. Um, I have cousins play college basketball. My uncle played college basketball. So you know, a lot of people growing up, they get bedtime stories uh, about Hansel and Gretel. Growing up, my dad used to give tell me um, used to tell me stories about how my uncle played at Syracuse. You know, my my cousin, his daughter how she was a great player out in California. Um, he would talk to me about that all the time. You know, my dad didn't force basketball, my brother and I, but at the same time, Michael Jordan come fly with me was always in the house. You know, yeah. I used to watch Little Men of the NBA. And, you know, uh, there was always like the old star on, on the old school games. You know, we had basketball and boxing nominacs in the house. So basketball and boxing are my two favorite sports to watch. So um, that led to me playing. Um, you know, I got better throughout grade school. I wasn't I wasn't a natural, um, a natural um, great in basketball, but I really worked at it. Um, it really helped me when I went to St. Joe camp as a kid. Um, you know, Phil Martelli, who's an assistant coach, at University of Michigan is wild. Like, you know, he jokes with me sometimes, like, I knew you um, when I was taller than you. Like, I'm 6'7". He's like, that's how long I've known you and your family. I remember him when he was reading announcements at St. Joe camp uh, when Coach Griffin um, was the head coach at St. Joe. And, um, you know, it was crazy. His son, John Griffin, is the associate head coach. You know, we grew up, we basically grew up in the gym, in the, in the gym together. I was working out there all the time, um, got my game better. Um, by the time I was in seventh eighth grade, I ended up getting recruited by a lot of top high schools in the Philly and the South Jersey area. And so, like I said, I um, I went to Archbishop Carroll High School, um, which is out in the suburbs, is right in Rander, right next to Villanova University. At Archbishop Carroll, um, I was able to go um, go to a team that had only won two games. I was in eighth grade or watching, so we were able to um, turn them into a team that made the playoffs in the Philadelphia Catholic League every year. Uh, my junior year, we actually won the regular season title. Um, myself, I was a four-year starter at Archbishop Carroll. Um, I made all Catholic three out of four years. I was an all-city selection as a senior. Um, I, I scored over 1,200 points, grabbed over 1,000 rebounds, blocked over 300 shots. Um, so I did that. But um, more importantly, I was a really good student. I had over I had a 3.5 GPA. I ended up having an 1180 SAT. So I was getting a lot of Ivy patrons looking at me. Um, and then, um, but I ended up going to um, taking the full scholarship to play Division One at Fairleigh Dickinson University. Hey, hey. Shot in the door to be A little bit. Yeah, so I ended up playing at uh, I ended up playing at Fairleigh Dickinson at Fairleigh Dickinson uh, as a sophomore or junior. I played on teams that um, made the NCAA and NIT tournaments. After I did that as a senior, I started on a team that um, we beat St. Hall's so we were a really good mid-major school. Um, after that, I graduated in 2007. Got my mat. I got. I graduated with honors. 
um, because I had over 3.0, so cum laude honors. And uh, after I did that, um, I graduated communications. I originally didn't think I would coach, um, but I just wanted to help out. So um, my high school coach, I had two high school coaches. The high school coach I finished off with, uh, Paul Romantic, um, you know, I basically just said, hey, I just want to help out. I figured I wasn't going to be making that much money. I interned in radio. I interned at radio, so I was working there and doing a little bit of writing, so I didn't think I'd be doing anything. So I figured I'd help out. I ended up helping out. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, I was helping out doing that. And so um, I basically did, um, so, but then I ended up coaching and I ended up taking a liking to it. It was actually crazy. I went from just helping out to the JV coach, ended up not being able to coach. Um, a week before the season started, I became the JV coach. And then uh, I became the JV head coach, Archbishop Carroll. And uh, we ended up winning 10 straight games to start off. So, you know, then, um, you know, I still didn't really think coach was what I wanted, what I wanted to do. So a lot of guys ended up coaching. Um, that next year, I didn't coach Archbishop Carroll. They ended up winning a state championship. And a lot of those guys were guys that I coached on the JV team. So I didn't coach for a year, and I just focused on working in journalism. So I worked at, as an editorial assistant at the Philadelphia Tribune. Um, and then, uh, you know, but then, I, you know, one of my friends came home. Um, he had just he had actually coached division one. He came he, his staff got fired, so he was not coaching for a year and he was trying to get back in. And he just kept like Jordan he just kept saying on me, like, Jordan, you could be a coach, you could be a coach, he could be really good. And so um he just he started getting me to do things. Like we ran workouts together out in West Philly. Uh, you know, we did things. We had a lot of good players came out of there. We participated in a lot of um, stuff like the NFL, a lot of tournaments and, and do a lot of things with helping kids get college exposure. So then after that um, I ended up getting back into coaching. I coached. Um, I ended up coaching at Harrod High School for a year. Um, made a district. Only made a district playoffs, which is a very tough job. Um, after we did that, um, after we did that, um, I spent. Um, I ended up going to Solberry School, which is um, um, in Bucks County. Had a really good run there. Won 17 games. Lost in the this um, in, the, in the private school state quarterfinals. And then I ended up coming back to Archbishop Carroll, and uh, we ended up making a state run. Um, during that time, I was really active on the AU circuit. Um, I, I was on active on the AU circuit as well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm also forgetting, like, I, co- I was blessed to coach some really good basketball players at the high school level. Um, most notably, I coached uh, Derek Jones Jr., who's playing on the Miami Heat right now. Um, I coached um, a kid, Wanya Green, ended up playing at Hofstra, playing overseas right now. I coached DJ Irving, he ended up playing at Boston University, played overseas a year. He's actually coaching at Roman Catholic right now. Um, which is one of the top programs in the Catholic League. Um, so I coached, and I had Solberg, I coached Blake Bozeman. His dad was a college coach, um, was um, was top Bozeman coach at Morgan State for a long time. He had a good career playing for his dad over at Morgan. Um, after that, I really jumped into the college game, um, which maybe jumped into the college game. I went to Final Four, sat down with a lot of people, and just really had that Jones again in the college game and move up in it. Um, so I spent my first three years uh, working at Mercer County Community College. Um, so I was commuting from Philly out to Trenton, and um, my head coach was um, Howard Levy, was a legendary um, Princeton University figure. Um, so as people call it, we ran the Princeton offense. We did it in junior college. So I got a got a crash course in it from probably one of the oldest guys in the, the Princeton University coaching family. So I learned it a lot. Um, it really blends in with a lot of things I believe coaching-wise, like sharing the ball, working to get open shots, um, things like that. And it's so crazy. Like you see elements of what people call Princeton offense throughout basketball at all levels. And people don't even realize it. They down it sometimes. They don't even realize how many elements you see in different levels. So I did that for three years, had some good runs. We made the region championships. Two yeah, Jordan, I was, 
sorry, I was going to ask you, like, how did that, um, how did that Princeton offense work at the JUCO level? Like, was it hard? Because I coached JUCO for a couple of years, and you got the constant roster turnover. You got no upperclassmen to help, you know, teach on the floor with you. Um, was it hard to get your team to to learn it, or did they pick up, you know, the, the concepts pretty quickly and have success with it? There's been some teams that um, that Coach Levy's had where it's been suffer from the pick it up than others. Um, when I was there, I was kind of blessed. Um, I really, I think a lot of times I really recruited to it. Um, I think, you know, definitely I think Coach Levy probably gets more respect than, gets a lot of respect than the Princeton family because he only has guys for two, maybe three years, and he has to get them to pick it up, and they pick it up really quickly. But I know I've listened to to um, Coach Cindy Johnson, um, who's at Air Force now, and, you know, he's talked about when I was at Princeton year three and year four is when I really picked it up, and we have to get that into two years. So, I mean, it is tough, but I think the main thing was just recruiting to it. You have to recruit players that, that really fit into it. A lot of times people think, oh, you got to get shooters. That's not necessarily it. You cannot be a shooter – but, you know, if you can't shoot, that means you got to focus on making other people better, being a better ball handler, doing things like that. Um, you know, the main thing is getting guys that play hard and that are unselfish. Like, point, uh, case in point, there's a kid I recruited, West Philly kid, um, David Johnson. And so that's what I was talking about in the Zoom. We talked about off camera um, when I was talking to, to Coach Greg Robinson. He was watching him play um, his second year at Mercer. And he was like, that lefty got to start. But uh, I recruited him out of Communication Tech High School in Philly, and the kid basically averaged over 20 a game, and he was a score lord. And a lot of, when I recruited him to go to Mercer, a lot of people thought that wouldn't work, and I'm like, actually, it will. I was like, well, why do you say that? I'm like, well, um, similar to Kevin Durant. I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant, but he was a great player for us. But, like, he's a guy that was able to score a lot of points in conjunction with other people. You got to think he started in the same backcourt with Samir Dowdy, who's going to get drafted in the NBA probably at Auburn. He played the same backcourt. So he averaged 20. Samir Dowdy was averaging probably 20. There's other couple guys that were that were putting up a lot of points. So if he was at a, an inferior team, he might have averaged more. So he was used to playing in conjunction with other people and sharing the ball. And if you could do those things, you can work in conjunction with other people. So, I mean, you know, that was part of the reason my last year we went top 15 um, we were top 15 and we defeated Arkham College. It was top five uh, division one a year because we had four guys that were that worked in conjunction with other that were that were all region caliber players. And I mean, that, were, that ended up leading into David Johnson being that region MVP. Uh, we had Tali Kimbrough who ended up being all region. And so we had a really good run there. Um, more so than that, we had eight players that. No, nine players now that have ended up matriculating into four year colleges and um, having success. Um, so that was something I was happy about. Um, I'm really close with Coach Levy. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm blessed when I go to Final Four. I get to go to the Princeton party. We're like the redheaded stepchild in the Princeton family. I feel like um, because everybody knows, like, hey, you played for Howie, so you know you learned right. Like I was blessed when I worked Georgetown camp with Coach uh, John Thompson. He he actually was like, you know, we chalk talk a lot. So I hang out with some of those guys. We chalk talk like, well, how do you do things? Because everybody runs their own variation. So how do you do things at Richmond versus? Or like when he was at Georgetown versus how we do things at Mercer. Or you might sit there and talk to Coach Brennan at American, like how do they do things? Or well, I'll watch film on Synergy and we'll compare and contrast. Or you'll watch how guys in the NBA run chin and maybe you ingratiate that into your own X and O's. So that was always cool. Um, after that, I had those three years. I spent one year um, coaching at Rosemont College. Um, at Rosemont College, I had success. We won 17 games. Um, I coached. Um, I coached a player. The, uh, the guy ended up being the player of the year. 
uh, my recruiter guy ended up being uh, an all-league guy the next year. Um, and so two of the guys I recruited ended up being Division Three All-Americans. Um, and so both of them ended up playing um, playing overseas. Marcus Simon is still playing overseas right now. Um, like I mentioned, that Mercer, I forgot to say, two of the players we coached during that run ended up being All-Americans. Like David Johnson was All-American. Stop All Me was a, was an All-American um, in JUCO. Um, after the one year I had um, at Rosemont, then I moved up to Division Two. I coached Division Two at University of the Sciences, which is a Division Two school in West Philadelphia. High academics. It's basically like being at an Ivy League school in Division Two. Um, I couldn't recruit a kid unless he had over 1100 SAT, over a 3.0 GPA. Um, the kid had to take four years of math and science. The kid had to have um, no D's on the report card. And then he had to be able to play because it was Division Two. Um, so I did that for four years. Um, had some success. First two years, we made the playoffs. Um, most notably, the second year, we made the league semifinals. On um, the last two years, a lot of those guys graduated, so we were, we were rebuilding. So we, were, we went. We were a lot younger. Um, you know, last year, my, my boss got let got let go middle of the season. So I became the interim head coach, and I finished out the season. Uh, you know, was hopefully able to get the program in a better state than it was early on. So I was able to double the win total. Um, three of our four wins were against playoff teams, um, you know, brought the young guys along in my top eight by the end of the season, like five of my top eight guys were freshmen and sophomores. Um, and we were able to, to make some progress. So I'm feeling like, um, you know, the new staff and like after the season, uh, the administration wanted to go another direction. My boss had been a stalwart in the program. I'm Dave Pauley, call a fame guy. I've been there like 40 years. They just want to try something new. Um, so, you know, hopefully I think the program's a lot better. Than, than when I inherited it. Um, so, you know, um, you know, they moved another direction. And then, you know, I, um, the thing I, I was happy about was that I got a chance to be a head coach and got a chance to, you know, there's so many guys I saw in the coach industry like, hey, I've been in the business 30, 40 years. I haven't, I haven't called my own time out yet. And, you know, I, got, I was blessed that, you know, no matter what, I was able to do that, gain a lot of experience. And, you know, so the main thing I felt like I was at this point in my career, I've been coaching over 10 years. So, you know, like I really wanted to keep building on that head coaching experience that I gained. Um, so I wanted to just kind of build in being a leader and being able to run my own program. So it didn't matter what level, you know, what gender, it didn't matter. I just wanted to kind of be a head coach. And, you know, I figured if I can be a head coach and, and grow in that, anything can happen from there. Um, you know, I look at some of the people I look up to, the coach industry, and that kind of, you know, that kind of really pushed that. Um, really pushed that that narrative for me. So, you know, I was blessed that, you know, I was able to get an opportunity to be a head coach at the high school level um, at, at my neighborhood high school where I grew up. I used to work out with the Brooke guys when I was a seventh grader. I remember the coach was like, you're going to be a hell of a ball player. I don't know if you're going to go here, but you're going to be a hell of a ball player. And I have a lot of friends that that played over Brooks. One of them's a high school coach now. One of them plays overseas now. So, um, you know, I, I'm blessed to, to be able to be representing, um, be able to represent my neighborhood and, you know, be kind of able to, to grow in head coaching experience. Um, that's my whole experience playing and coaching wise. Okay, quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. I'm excited to tell you about them. We have a new partner. They're called Fulcrum Tech. Fulcrum Technologies works with teams in the ACC, SEC, Pac-12, uh, and more to solve their video needs while saving them money. Angles, their elite video analysis product, allows multiple angle video analysis in-depth statistics, and importing and exporting of data and video from other systems, all while saving teams thousands of dollars. Fulcrum's Piston product can give you multiple angle, instant replay, 
right on the court, both for officials and for immediate teaching. Send them a DM on Twitter at Fulcrum Tech without an H at the end, so F U L C R U M T E C, or email sales at fulcrumtech.com to learn more. Do more, save money, regain the leverage with Fulcrum Tech. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about. Uh, we, we covered a lot there, but let's talk about something you mentioned there towards the end. Uh, your experience as an interim head coach. Like, what time of the year did they make the change and give you the interim title? I became an interim coach like literally, literally right before Christmas break. It was like I literally got like a day's notice. Uh, I was yeah. at work. Um, there was practice was supposed to be at twelve thirty. So my boss, um, my boss, um, Dave Paul, he would teach there. So sometimes practice would be really early or be really late. So if it was really early, I might not be there and I'd go recruit or I would just do other things. And so I wasn't even planning on being at practice. But um, then my athletic director called me and said, they're making a change and you're going to be the head coach. So I literally had one day to prepare for for, uh, for that game. Um, the good thing was that it wasn't that much of a foreign concept to the players that I might coach. Uh, my boss, my one of his goals my fourth year at Sciences uh, we had talked about about this time the last year. He said, like, I got to do everything. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you're prepared to be a coach. Like, I'm going to intentionally miss some practices. and You're going to run them. Um, you know, I actually I got elevated to being a top assistant my fourth year um, because a top assistant actually um, didn't coach that year. So he was like, you're going to run some of the practices. You know, then I was way more involved in the scouting report. So they were hearing me do scouting reports. Um, you know, I was a little more I had more of a hand in the player development. Uh, on the player development at, um, side with our guys. So, you know, it wasn't a foreign concept that, you know, that I would be running things because I, I ran practices that year. It just it happened under an un, un, unfortunate circumstance. Uh, but I took yeah. over with a day before and we prepared for Chestnut Hill. We got blown out. Um, I was I was I was definitely devastated, you know, but they're like, hey, it's a work in progress. But when I look back on it, it really just prepared. It gave me a good gauge of what I needed to work on. Um, but I needed to work on the guys with to be able to get us in a better place um, heading into January and February. Yeah. And so I'm always curious about this. So you get, you know, like you said, right before Christmas break, you get told you're going to be the interim head coach, making a change, you're in charge. And so you've already had your whole preseason. You've already had a month of the season or a few weeks of the season. Um, And then it's, you know, they hand you the keys I'm always curious, like, what do you do? Like, I'm sure you want to put in your own system and coach to your own philosophy, but you're also in the middle of the season, right? So, like, how did you balance that? And how did you, like, when did you find time to start shifting to coaching the team how you want to coach it? It's a great question. So, one, um, the good thing, so one, the thing I had going for me is that again, I'm at U Sciences. So I had I had geniuses on my team, so they could pick up they could pick up things very very. They could pick up a lot of information very quickly, and they they came with their thinking hats every day. I will give them that. Um, two, a lot of the extra knows that um, Coach Paulie was running um, prior uh, prior to me taking over. We're very similar. I used to tell you my players they used to shake their head. Coach Paul and I are very similar in a lot of ways. Um, we have little differences, but we're very similar. X and O wise, you no, know, a lot of things he was doing was kissing cousins to the the things I was doing coming up at Mercer. So you know it was really easy to kind of. And then I kind of saw 
um, certain things that we could do to transition us into being a better team. So I didn't get a chance to put in. Yeah, you don't want to put in everything that you would want to do if you end up getting it. Um, and if I would have come back this year, because you don't want to lose the guys, you don't want to overconsume them. But at the same time, I wanted to create a different look for the rest of the league because it make it it make it harder for them to scout me. As Coach Paulie would say to me, it's like you want to cut into other people's practice time. So um, the number one thing I did was um, a lot of Coach Paulie's offense was more um, was more three out and two in. Um, our team just wasn't really like built to be that way at this point. So I really wanted to focus on us being more four out one in. Um, you know, also I thought. Um, a lot of Coach Paulie's offense was very based off of cuts. So, but the league was used to us cutting certain ways all the time. So that was fine. That was all good. By me integrating a lot of things I did at Mercer, we're still going to be cutting. We're still going to be sharing the ball, but we're going to be cutting in ways that are different from what the league's used to us seeing us do. So maybe that might give me a jump. Uh, defensively, um, I'm a huge zone guy. Um, I'm a huge zone guy. Um, growing up, I I really like um, the Temple Zone that uh, the coach Shaney ran. Being a Philly guy, I was gonna say that must be the that must be the Temple influence. Yeah. So growing up, I liked what he did. Um, also, um, growing, when I played after you, one of the top teams in the NEC uh, was Mammoth, and Mammoth ran a really good matchup zone. So that was a lot of my influence. I feel like when you run a really good matchup zone, shoot even, and within our league, um, RC Keogh ran a really good um, zone based off of Syracuse at Holy Family. And when you have one a really good zone, you cut into people's playing time and, and the coaches' uh, preparation time. Everybody doesn't run it, so it's hard to prepare for. Um, also, when you run a zone, it limits the amount of att- different type of attacks you can do. Um, and you can all and like in, in all good zones have men have man principles. So I basically transitioned us into man, you know? And so um, I, tra- I transitioned us into a two, three zone uh, with certain principles and things like that. So I thought that, um, so I, and the good thing I did have was after the Chestnut Hill game, I had about a month to basically prepare. So my AD actually canceled. Uh, we were supposed to play Cheney. He canceled that game. So I had a month. And during that time, I was able to make practice a lot longer than I normally would when school was back in sessions. And so we pretty much did it. Um, you know, basically we had a situation where, you know, I had to get our guys conditioning uh, to a certain level. You know, one of the things I learned as an educator, you got to ask kids why. Like, you know, what do you think? If it's just about me saying it, then it's like whatever. But if, you, if you're collaborative and you ask them what they think, then they'll be more invested in, in the product. So after the Chestnut Hill game, we lost, uh, we lost like, 80 to 100 something. So I looked at the positive. My college coach, Tom Green, he was always focused on the positive. I said, well, on the positive, we scored 80 points. That's the most points we've probably scored in the past four or five games. Bad side, we, we gave up 100. One thing about me as a coach, I like scoring. I like scoring the ball. Like So I have a problem with scoring 80. And I didn't do garbage time either that game. So I'm like, that means that we could do this consistently. But at the same time, we got to defend. And so my thought was, if I could get the effort level on the defensive end and scheme um, to an extent and I can change little things up offense that might just give me the edge where we can put ourselves in a position to succeed as a coach all you can as a head coach all you can do is put yourself in a position to succeed then the rest the rest is what it is so I mean we, we did that and um, that ended up matriculating into us winning we end up winning uh, our first game coming out uh, we beat um, Concordia um, Concordia is one of the tougher places to play at in the CAC. They're the type of team that doesn't matter what their record is, you know, 
there, and that was why I had to stress in preparation. Doesn't matter what your record, what their record is, they can beat um, Jefferson, who, who a lot of times is a top team. Dominican, who won the, the CAC two straight years, they've they've had weird results out there. It's, it's a tricky place to play. So I was happy that we were able to win that game. Um, and so we, you know, like the zone kind of helped us a lot. Um, you know, because it made like the zone helped a lot. We still had a lot to work on. Um, you know, then, like I said, we, that was one game we won. Another game we won, we won Wilmington. Uh, we won um, we won at Wilmington, which, again, is a really tough place to play. Um, Coach Burke does a really good job over there. And, you know, we were able to win basically almost at the buzzer. Um, I was really proud. Um, Jordan White, who was um, – he ended up shooting like 85% from the free throw line, which is one of the – which is the highest free throw percentage in the history of, of our basketball program, which is almost like two – which is over 100 years at UCLA sciences and um he hit three straight free throws which is big for him as a sophomore you know there's a guy that as great of a three-point shooter as he is the year before he shot under 60 percent from the free throw line I, w- I would get on him about it and you know he really worked on it we spent a lot of time in practice shooting free throws and you know this guy as a freshman missed uh, a missed a game-winning free throw against holy family to getting fouled at basically at the buzzer hitting three straight free throws to ice a win on the road against Wilmington that was that was huge uh, we did that, and um, then we uh, we won two straight games from there. So we had an outside chance of making the playoffs, despite how behind we uh, we were. Uh, and then we uh, then we end up being Georgian Court later, uh, where Georgian Court uh, where Georgian Court was a playoff team, and Coach Stewart again did a really good job, took his program forward uh, last season. Um, so we 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 got some good wins, uh, just wasn't enough um, to make the playoffs. Um, it was, a lot of stuff was going on to be. You know, my main thing, my biggest thing more than the wins and losses was to get the get our program in a better place than when I inherited it, to get the culture, kind of get the culture back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I felt like I felt positive that I was able to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I'm not going to finish the job, I felt like the program is better. Um, when I inherited I still was able to recruit players, um, whether I was there or not, recruit a 6'10 kid, he's going to be a freshman there. So the program is better than when I inherited it, and that's all you can can really ask. Um, I learned a lot. You know, Coach Levy really mentored me a lot through the process, and he was just like, look, you, you experienced a lot, you went through a lot, but you were able to handle it unscathed. You know, people counted you out, and you were able to accomplish some things. So um, imagine what happens um, when you become a head coach somewhere else. So it really yeah. prepared me to deal with adversity. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it sounds like it was an unbelievable experience, and now you do have your own program in Overbrook. Uh, so we look forward to seeing what you uh, what you're able to do there, and, and looking forward to watch you build build that into a success. So, Jordan, we appreciate you being on today, man. Uh, it's been good getting to hear a little bit more about your background and your story. And, and like I said, uh, wish you the best of luck at Overbrook. Thanks a lot. We're gonna need it, but I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the challenge and you know building a consistent uh, program where we're able to you know, set, set kids up to, to be able to get opportunities, whether it's through basketball or through other things and just be able to mentor them and be able to, you know, be able to give back. The biggest thing for me in basketball, um, more so than anything, is just to give back. Like, I mean, obviously I'm very ambitious. Like I would love to be in division one like everybody else, but the biggest thing for me is just um, to, to grow in the craft and to be in a position to give back. You know, um, so no matter what level I'm at, I'm trying to give back the lesson I've learned. I think I'm in a precocious situation 
having been the college coach, coaching level the past eight years, to be able to to impart a lot of knowledge into them about the recruiting process, you know, to be able to let them know about exposure. You know, I shoot at the AAU level, I coached at some of the top AAU programs. I coached on team final AAU, which competes in the UIBL. So I have a lot of contacts that I can be able to use to be able to better help these kids. And, you know, I really want to do that and build a program. You know, I, like guys I looked up to, like I told you, you know, obviously Coach Pauly's a mentor from science. I coach with Coach Levy's a mentor, but I forgot. I mean, Coach Coach on Power Mansion, who I played and coached with at, at Carroll. I mean, he helped, you know, build a program at Archbishop Carroll and, you know, I really want to be, if I could be half of what he was the past 16 years at Carroll, I'd feel like I was doing something. I love it. Well, Jordan, thanks again, man. And uh, again, wish you the best of luck. Thanks a lot for having me, man. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.